Welcome to part two of this episode of Between Ourselves, where we're speaking to Zimbabwean women in the UK about their identities. This episode will make a whole lot more sense if you go back and listen to part one, so I would suggest doing that before proceeding. If you've listened to part one already, I have a few information points on this episode to help you understand better. Firstly, this was recorded a while ago, so at that point Mugabe was still in power, and I think also Cameron was um, the Prime Minister of the UK at that point, so we're talking within that context. Also, we're talking about Lobola, um, or Rorora, and this was a traditional bride price. Back in the day, it would be paid in cattle. Today, people tend to pay it in large cash sums, so we're referring to that later in the episode. So let's pick up the conversation. We're about to be talking about whether or not we've been back to Zimbabwe. Enjoy. Have you been back to Zimbabwe since you came to the UK? And if so, what were your experiences like? My mum has never been back, but I visited twice. Once when I was around 13 and then 15. I had been curious and wanting to go to this place that my family referred to all the time and was so proud of. I would say that visiting home when you're young means you're kind of at the mercy of what your family want to show and not show you. I think it would also be a very different experience going now as an adult, as I would have autonomy over what I did. Also, and I think this may be common to anyone going home, is that family politics can play into things and can sometimes take your experience. It was strange for me, as in some ways I felt like my family back in the UK were prouder to be Zimbabwean than some of the Zimbabweans I met in Zim. They seemed impressed that I was from the UK. I had that classic experience of being in the UK and feeling other, and therefore identifying as Zimbabwean, but in Zim, I was seen as English. Can you relate to this? What have your trips been like? Or have you had any trips back? I haven't had any trips back. Okay. Is there any reason? Money, papers. Papers uh, took a long time and then that's sorted then money now so it's just mm-hmm. hopefully gonna go sometime this year or early next year but yeah. if i make it man <laughs> <laughs> if i make it i haven't been back and i feel sad about that mm-hmm. um i think money for a long time has been an issue um yeah but I hope it's it's still like I really have a desire to go, mm-hmm. um, and but it's really weird now, especially now being married. I also want to visit where my husband's from and mm-hmm. kind of because that that again is still a home. Mm-hmm. So just kind of yeah, it's almost like two places are contending now in terms of where <laughs> where to go. But I yeah I really would love to go back to Zimbabwe, but I feel like also. Because I have, I have a, a seven-year-old's kind of view of mm. what Zimbabwe yes. is mm-hmm. and is like. Mm. It's almost like going back there. I'm, I'm excited to see the place that I grew up as a grown-up. But I'm also scared, I guess, in a way. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just going to take all my memories away. Because mm-hmm. what I remember is not going to be what mm-hmm. what is there. So that's... I think that's also what resonated with me when my uncle was talking about homecoming because actually going back is just is just going to be it's just going to be a different place it's not going to be the place that I remember mm-hmm. at all um so that's a scary thought but 
I yeah still want to go. Of course, yeah. Catch those rays. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I've been back twice, and actually, going off on what you what you just said, you do. The first time we went there, I was fifteen, and you do, sort of feel like you are making new memories, and it's very it's strange actually because you know going back to the primary school that I went to. Seeing everyone living still in the same houses on the same street, seeing our old house is really surreal. You know, you're walking into this room and be like, "Oh, that's where my bed used to be," but actually, I don't live here anymore. And then having neighbors recognizing you, saying, "Oh, you were like this and you were like that," and you have no clue who they are. That's really quite strange.、Um, or you do have a clue. You you know you you remember them, but you remember them differently. So now you're having to create new memories or merge the memories that you know. That you had of them when you were younger, with the ones that you're making now,、um, and also going back on what you said was really interesting. In that, the second time we went, we went when I was twenty three, twenty two, twenty three. I think so, with my brothers and my mom. But this was more our trip than visiting family. So we were, we thought to ourselves, we want to visit Zimbabwe and see everything. So we had a road trip from Harare all the way to Victoria Falls, stopping by and seeing family.、Um, But actually, looking at Zimbabwe with those eyes, it seemed more welcoming and a place that I actually want to live in because I was exploring things that I found interesting, with the cousins that I wanted to hang out with, that kind of thing, and it sort of consolidated that actually at some point I do want to go and live in Zimbabwe because I can make a home there, you know. So although I look at it as home. It's not really my home in that sense. I have to make a home because, like you said, it's a different place. I'm coming back, and I have to sort of establish something. But it was very warm and welcoming, and I can make a home, and I think that's very important. So did it? It felt like a home, but in a way you'd have to kind of cre- create home in a different way. I suppose, like for me, because I'd like like the idea of like、mm-hmm. having a home in Zimbabwe,、mm-hmm. but I know that. I haven't grown up in that context、mm-hmm. at all, and、mm-hmm. I'd be very different in that space.、Mm-hmm. And I think a real trepidation for me would be like, how far would I、mm-hmm. fit in or be accepted? So I think that's nice to think of a notion of you kind of engaging in that space on your own terms and creating home in、mm-hmm. that space. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have some sort of a, a foundation, as it were. Like、mm-hmm. growing up there, I felt more comfortable in in regards to making a home than I do here. In regards to making a home, I mean, I see London as, you know, there's always that that discussion between a house and a home. You know,、mm-hmm. you are in the house, but there is a home where it's, you know, it's your warm place, whatever. And I think for me, London, I'm starting to see it as a house,、mm-hmm. and Zimbabwe more as a home. Whether that's something that I'm going to make concrete, who knows? But actually, I'm starting to have that relationship with Zimbabwe. Whereas before, it was just something that was comfortable to think, oh, Zimbabwe exists. One day, I might go back. But actually, it's something that I'm willing to make a reality because、mm-hmm. I, I felt that I I'll be more comfortable in Zimbabwe than I would be here.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting.、Mm. Okay, so we're going to talk about migration and the moment of departure. I noticed a difference between the Zimbabwe I'd been told about by my family and the reality of what I experienced on the ground. With most migrants, what I think can happen is that the idea of home is held frozen in that moment of departure. And whilst things move on in the home country, those who have migrated are in some ways still thinking of that place in the way they remember it. What are your thoughts on this? I did have a thought, but it's slightly unrelated. But maybe、mm. other people can riff off it,、mm-hmm. which is 
I think now living in South London, so I grew up in North London, North Weezy to be exact. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and so every time I every time mm. I go home to my mum's house, it's really weird. It's like, oh my goodness, this is home. Mm. Yay. Mm. But then at the same time, because I live somewhere else and somewhere else actually has a bit of my heart and is home. Mm. Going home is it's also also a sense of loss. Like, ah, oh, mm. this is not this is home, but it's not my home really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So that's I don't know whether that makes sense. So there's almost mm. like that sense of home, but also that feeling of loss. Mm. I don't know whether you you know what I mean. It's really interesting actually going back to what you said before because it made me think about a conversation that I had at someone's party about being third culture kids mm-hmm. and being in these two spaces and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find where we belong. So it, it, you know, goes back to what you were saying before about going back and still feeling, you know, like I'm from the UK and I'm the other here, but here equally, mm-hmm. you're from here, but you're also from somewhere else. And I guess you're right. You know, if I was to live in Zimbabwe, there would be a part of me that would be like, oh my God, Wi-Fi all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that sense of loss. And plus, I've... I think it's all coming to, you know, I'm coming to terms with it because I've lived here longer than I lived in Zimbabwe. Mm. And I've only realised that this year. And I was like, wow, you know, I can't keep looking at London as something that's temporary because clearly we've been here a while. But I don't know. Mm. Mm. I sometimes notice a difference between Zimbabweans whose families have migrated at different moments. My family moved in the 60s, similar to Kajari's, and moved as political exiles. So the type of politics they held would have been quite radical and critical of colonialism and the colour bar that divided the country until 1980, similar to apartheid in South Africa. When I meet Zimbabweans who have migrated more recently, I'm sometimes struck by how critical of Zimbabwe they can be and perhaps looking at the UK through rose-tinted glasses. Do you find this to be true? Have you noticed any differences? Have you met people of different generations? Um, I don't really know anyone like in too intimately who moved here like before, I would say like nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get the feeling that the Zimbabweans I've come across anyway. I don't get the feeling that they look at this country with very stated classes. Actually, I think they see they see it for what it is, because they've left life, a life that they've created for themselves to come and like kind of forge something else here that's not even equivalent to what the what they were aspiring to. Mm. I think they're really clear, they're very, I think they're very aware that this is actually a, tra- <laughs> a bit of a trap mm-hmm. and um, it's probably going to be quite hard to come out of. Um, I think, if anything, there might be a, this nostalgia for Zim that's very tinted. So I think, mm. actually, so, yeah. I think I would flip that and say, from what of the people I've experienced, I would get that from my cousins back home. Like, I want to come to England, but I feel like two weeks into it, they'll be like, why am I here? Why? And I like, with all these texts, I'm there, like, do you really want to leave Cape Town to come here? Cool. Mm. Let me know in like a month. Um, but I don't get the feeling that people are like, oh, yeah, good old England. Also, I feel like Mormons are very aware of their colonial history as well. They don't have any love for the British. I think they might like, like certain things that are British, but I think they're very... They're still like it's very close in memory. That relationship is still quite fraught. Um, that history between Zim and the UK and our parents and people old enough anyway to be a certain generation are old enough to remember the times when they couldn't do certain things or work certain jobs. So I don't 
Yeah, I don't get the feeling that they come here. They, they've, they've been here and thought, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, our heaven. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe it was me meeting people who their political opinions are quite different to my family's. So their notions about Mugabe and the economy and all of these things were very different to the type of discussions that I've been brought up hearing. So like they would be kind of like playing into British ideas of Mugabe. So, oh, he's just, you know, really terrible and at least I can do this in the UK. And I'm like, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, I agree that it's complicated, but also some of these people... Uh, have been directly affected by Mugabe's administration in a way that's kind of like deep, you know, having certain qualifications, having been educated for a certain amount of time and then you can't even earn like enough to, to sustain yourself and it's nothing to do with your actions. So I can see where that gripe would come from. Um, personally, just because I've read and also because I was a child and because I'm just also interested in how we like how to subvert British or Western ideas of understanding the world that, uh, that makes allows me to get to, to have the space to be like um actually then this happened and this happened and actually was this way but when the Marvins are speaking in that way I, for most of them for most people who have come across it's because of a, a, a real disappointment they felt it's also because this being disillusioned by this place that they're in mm-hmm. and not feeling like they can leave or they can get out they don't even have the papers to work and take mm-hmm. care of themselves or the papers to go back home and then possibly try to come back again do you know what I mean it's just all very so I thought like the easiest thing to do is be like fuck that guy <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it'd be like fuck that guy like he didn't help like you know mm-hmm. he's because he's, he's still chilling in his big house mm-hmm. so when you're seeing that it's very easy it's the same way you, you could look at Dave Cameron putting on weight getting all shiny looking really healthy <laughs> and um, people's benefits are being cut off mm-hmm. if you're not pleased and naturally they're just going to be like fuck that guy mm-hmm. so I don't think that I think obviously if people wanted to engage on a very deep level, they will still be like, "Oh yeah, Mugabe, who did this for us?" and Mugabe, who, mm. you know, pushed this forward. But right now, that's not even the main concern. The main concern is like, why am I gold? Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're right. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. On... I mean, I know. Should be confident. <laughs> you know, finding women always back up because I don't know, but I, I don't know, know. I don't know. I don't know. And men are like, yeah, I did this, I did that. I'll be doing that. Has anyone noticed any difference? Or? Not hugely, but I was really interested by what you said. Mm. You know, I guess if you've lived with a person or a political figure for so long, mm. it's almost like you know them better. Yeah. Better than somebody who's kind of away and sees Zimbabwe in a more contextual, historical mm. yeah. type of way. So it's it's all well and good knowing the context and history, but like... Yeah, but if you're you are the queue for bread for like six hours. Yeah, right? you're not you're not thinking about that. <laughs> you're thinking about your immediate yeah, needs. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting actually. No, I think that was actually really interesting hearing your perspective on it because I suppose I've only heard it one side, mm. and it's nice to hear a Zimbabwean person kind of deconstructing what I've experienced of other Zimbabweans in the UK. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Do you think there can be an unease between newer arrivals from Zimbabwe and those whose families have resided here for a while? How do you think we view each other? Do you think there can be a game of authenticity of how Zimbabwean are you almost? I've never experienced that. Mm. 
Just cause, yeah, yeah, no, because like, I don't know, because I'm a new arrival, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. like, I literally fresh off the boat, it's so, so like, all people I know are also fresh off the boat, so we're just like, together. all the freshies, like, <laughs> and we're just pleased that we can say things to each other, trying to and like eat brew with us and play some music, but like. I think only one person really I've had like close contact with who came here, but she came in the eight, late eighties. Um, and she was, she's like, mm. um, she's 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 a hairdresser, incredible, incredible woman who's done a lot in terms of like the Zimbabwean community she's since then. Book, like she's very, very active um, member of the community. But she, she goes back to Zim a lot, and she raised her kids in a very strict Zim way, like you know, mm. and like her the way she relates it. I think her thing with other like Zimbabweans who've come after her, who she's. Because she, she's also had a lot of people just living in her house. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, like someone needed help. And she's like, go and see this woman. She'll take care of you. But her thing is just like, if you're lazy, it's more about personality really as opposed to like when you came. If you can't understand the fact that you actually have to like get up and sometimes do work that you don't want to do to get to, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're not, she can't stand like closed-mindedness. So that's the one thing I've noticed about like sort of hearing her talk about like some of these people that she's kind of like been in contact with over the past maybe 10 years or so mm. but I, I don't really know if families or people have been here longer than you know like 20 years or mm. you know so for me to be like oh okay so like yeah. maybe this is a more personal question mm. for me because I, I always feel like proud to be Zimbabwean and then I meet Zimbabweans I'm like oh no they're gonna think I'm not well, you were surprised the moments are just happy to find each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know? <laughs> we were just like oh yeah I remember when I first met you like I was like it sounds a bit like, <laughs> and you know, like, oh my god, like guys, mm, come on, come on, a big group hug. <laughs> yeah, probably me. Yeah, because that's why I think your second part of the question is really not weird, but it's it's it, th- it threw me off. What was it again? Do you think there can be a game of authenticity, like of how Zimbabwe is? Exactly, like, who's blacker than that? Exactly. I find that more in black circles, really, like yeah. general, like okay. black communities, mm. as opposed to like. Zimbabwe, like, like I would meet like a mixed race person from Zimbabwe, and I'm just yeah, I'm just happy. Like, oh, yeah. this? Where are you from? Exactly. Whereabouts? Yeah. You know, like uh, yeah. But I think that's why I like was like, oh my god, these are like cool, funky Zimbabweans. Like in, London. I was like, I need to like get into the scene. <laughs> so I think maybe it's more a personal issue from me feeling like, oh, how far mm. do I fit or can mm. I fit? I but think. what does it mean to say you're Zimbabwean? Though I know it's complex. Exactly. I have a double thing, so I think part of me feels like an imposter because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know, like, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like, what does it even mean to feel Zimbabwean? But like, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, because I don't speak the language, I think that's probably a big thing for Mm me. Um, So when I meet other Zimbabweans and they start talking to me and Sean, I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no, I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand my situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so th- there's that kind of like oh my goodness I'm I don't I don't feel like I fit the bill in terms of what a Zimbabwean should be but then like at other times I'm like whatever like I am Zimbabwean like <laughs> I'm like, born there like you, like, say, so... you said that you're so very insistent on like I'm Zimbabwean like I actually am so yeah. regardless of whether you feel or think that I am I'm sorry am I was born there like yeah, so you know you're born there like full stop <laughs> end of I mean, I don't really think it's about being born there, because you are not born there. No, but, yeah, but I think yeah. it's your heritage. But it's not even not discrediting yeah. the heritage, yeah. but I'm just like, least of all, like, yeah, you're or in this case, yeah. like, definitely. That's, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be more defiant in my Zimbabwean identity. I'm going to be like, yeah. yes. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. 
Okay, so for me, I think I've had to recognise that being Zimbabwean, but having grown up in the UK, I'm not typically Zimbabwean, and that's okay, but I can still relate to that identity. In fact, I think it is really important to be proud of my family's roots, especially in the light of the negative perception of African countries. I also think it's important to resist homogenising ideas of identity, i.e. you can be Zimbabwean in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. Can you relate to this, and what is Zimbabwean identity to you? Because I think my idea of Zimbabwean identity would be so different to what you yeah. two or you three would or think. Or your white Zimbabweans. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you're Zimbabwean if you are Zimbabwean. Mm. Yeah. And if you feel that you are Zimbabwean. Because it's interesting because you just said white Zimbabweans. Because I, I suppose then they might have the same sort of discussion if their families migrated from, you know, from Britain and they grew up for, you know, two, three generations in Zimbabwe. Are they Zimbabweans or are they British? Do they now start having that conversation of, am I English or... Oh my god, I'm trying to avoid this. No offense. No, no, but I'm drawing the same line. (laughs) No, but that's my point. I'm drawing the same line. No, you guys, you need to open your eyes. I I just want that for a minute and I'm thinking. (laughs) So I don't know. Being Zimbabwean comes in different. But there must be something. Do you know know what I mean? Mm. you, You can't be. If you feel Zimbabwean, doesn't mean that you are Zimbabwean. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so there, there must be something for you yeah. that, you know... As a marker. Well, aside from... Because I thought we were talking past the you're born to Zimbabwean parents, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et I don't know. So aside from all of that, you know, the obvious tick list and language, I guess. And I think for me, language is really important. I don't know... I don't know about you guys, but it's yeah. it's very important. I think if you if you have like a link, so basically if you were born there, or if if your parents were born yeah. there, or whatever generation, someone else, I think it's about like them coming to terms with yourself and saying, okay, I have this part of this part of my part of the tapestry of my life has got something to do with mm-hmm. this place. Do I engage with that? Yes, I'm fully Zimbabwean. How you engage with that and how you relate that as a moment to like your daily existence, I mm-hmm. think it's up to you. Like, mm-hmm. if at the end of the day you know that you're there's certain things in place, you like how we're saying food and music and family and stories, like that's like inescapable. Like, mm-hmm. so you just know that so at the end of the day, no matter what you do, there's got to be this thing that's always going to be in your life that's constant because you do this thing and you do that thing and mm-hmm. you relate to certain people in your life like this. So, I think if whether you want to define it, you know, just use those links and mm-hmm. that's your thing. I, I like for me Zimbabweanness is like complex now because I'm not I've not really been back, but it's about like my Zimbabwean community in England. When I when we do hang out and I'm actually like happy to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tricky sometimes, um, but like family, friends, but kind of like the communities I'm keeping around me, and you know, then other things for myself in my own time like music and things. But also like London means a lot to me. Mm. Then to me Zimbabweans who've had the same exact experience as me we've grown up in London came at a certain time and like wanting to speak wanting to, to relate to being from South London also relate to being from my dad do you mm-hmm. know what I mean like mm-hmm. that like understanding the little nuances like little jokes certain things you might say sort of memes you might tag them in you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't really tag your cousin in like that <laughs> same <laughs> same way you can same way you can't do that your Nigerian friend mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. you know but that kind of like that Amalgamation for me—that's what—that's where I would say currently my Zimbabwean identity lies. I guess, yeah, because mm. 
mean, I can't really deny what London has done, sadly. Happily, I don't know. Mm. I can't deny its effect on me. I really love the place and also I really love Zim, so. I think also when I was thinking about this question over the week, I was like, well, when an English person goes abroad and they meet another English person, they don't ever then question, well, who's more English? It's just, yeah, we're English in different ways. So I was just thinking, and that's why I think it goes back to what Belinda was saying earlier that you know when you meet other Zimbabweans you're just happy that yeah. you've mm. got somebody to talk to about mm. being Zimbabwe in whatever way you're being Zimbabwean mm. so it's quite it's quite good it's exciting I have a question mm-hmm. um, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts and views about being a woman from Zimbabwe like how do you relate to other Zimbabwean, well, Zimbabwean men. Yeah, how do you relate to Zimbabwean men? How How is it being a woman in, you know, a Zimbabwean family, like, and also having that, you know, living in England, like, mm. are there any expectations on you now? Like, how does that whole thing play out? I was raised by women, so literally, like, for me, all men are the same. <laughs> I'm working on it, really, but very, <laughs> very negative. Um, views on men, Zimbabwean, Nigerian, South African, <laughs> men, <laughs> Latvian. <laughs> I ain't got time for them, but <laughs> even my brother sometimes. But so my, I haven't lived with my father or in like since I was like what six. So like I don't know. Like I understand there's certain structures that are in place in certain families and some you know in in, in our tradition itself but I haven't really had direct contact maybe like second hand like uncles come around they feel like they can tell you what to do or whatever but I wouldn't so being a woman for me it's just really been about being around other women who've been fucked over by men but also specifically Zimbabwe women so mm. to relate that back to you yeah, <laughs> oh lord Jokes. I was gonna say, like, it made me think of what you were saying about the Hulu things. Oh, I never yeah. heard of that. Mm. Oh yeah, that, that that's still like obviously my mum is still kind of like I don't want people to think you're gonna get pregnant at mm. sixteen and I can't do my job <laughs> as a single mother. <laughs> I was very much raised like not to get pregnant, <laughs> but like it's just goals, isn't it? Who is twenty like Exactly. Now they can relax. You just see my mum now. <laughs> Pop champagne. You know, chilling. And my mum is just there smug. Like, she's like, oh, I'm going to say I'm done. Do it. <laughs> but look, you don't even have kids. <laughs> and that, do you know, it's really true. That's such a marker, isn't it? Like, yeah. Not having children at a certain age. Is like, such you a cannot, like, no, like, outside of marriage. Yeah. Like, you, you might, even when you're 27 and you've got a partner, mm-hmm. they'll be like, mm-hmm. she's living with this man. <laughs> They say they're family. Exactly. Not even a goat, not exactly. a chicken. Nothing. <laughs> but then, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to pretend that also like being raised by women just meant like that. All those patriarchal things weren't in, like some of them, obviously because they've been raised by men. So mm. some of that influenced how they parented, but mm. also like, you know. But anyway, Cherish has got four brothers, uh, three brothers, and a father. So. <laughs> 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 what was the question again? How do you relate to, you know, as a Zimbabwean woman, how do you relate to Zimbabwe? Zim, why can't I say it? Zimbabwean, Zimbabwean men. men. And, you know, how, what's that relationship like and how does culture play out? 
I as th- a woman and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I think suburban culture is built on, you know, on lines that men do have a set, uh, uh, men do have a... Like set roles? Yeah, so you know, suburban culture is built with set roles, and, and, but men have uh, a role that's, that's more privileged. If you know, if I'm to use that word, where and women are in men to they have a place, they're meant to stay in that place, and they're meant to know their position. So your interaction with men is based off that relationship. So for example, my, like I said, my family is traditional, but it's not that traditional. But we have been raised with the idea that you do respect your dad, you respect your granddad, your uncles, um, etc. And there is, and that's evidenced in how you're taught to greet them how you're taught to serve them food and how you're taught to interact with them. Do you have to have a certain privilege or respect for them that's more apparent than the women equivalent, like your grandmother and your mother and your aunts? Um, no, yeah. n- no, no. But it's just the interaction is different. different. Yeah. Different. Okay. So they, it's really... Yes, exactly. Different. So okay. it's really established on set roles. Mm-hmm. Both roles are respected. So the woman is meant to be the mother in the kitchen, but that's equally part of the family and is meant to function and the father is the breadwinner you know he's the head of the house his word is final etc so for example you know if a mother wants to do something within the house she has to go ask the father and then they have permission to send the children to school for example but like i said it depends how traditional your family is because actually you know going into into the church community for example or meeting the widest involvement community you do see that people have different interactions, right, yeah. you know, different relationships with, with each other, especially men to women. Some women are just like, eh. and those are the women who some other people be like, oh, I'm not wound, you know, if they don't have that woman character. Hmm. I don't know if that does answer your question. Hmm. I was hmm. actually going to say on, um, I noticed the second time I went to Zimbabwe mm-hmm. that really sticks out in my head is we were at a, a bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I remember some aunt or some woman just gave me this pile of chicken and she was like, and I was like talking to some other girls mm. and some boys, but she pointedly pulled out the girls mm-hmm. to take the chicken and to serve it round. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why do you, I'm, I'm okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm a younger person here. I don't mind mm-hmm. serving other people. But I was like, it was really apparent to me that she didn't have the same expectation of the teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I do remember being a bit like irritated mm-hmm. by that, but then also kind of feeling like that there was an expectation that I, should do that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a huge experience, but I do remember thinking this isn't set roles, isn't it? Yeah, mm. definitely set roles. <laughs> and so then is that's what I mean. With families are different, then it's up to the household how they raise their boys. Mm. You know, like in my household, equally have the tray of chicken, go serve it. Mm. Um, but also, my brothers do understand the power that they have as men, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, mm-hmm. and which is really interesting. But that's a different discussion on a different day. What are your opinions on? Um, I was just really interested to hear other people's opinions. I think the one thing that sticks out to me, again, is um, I went to uh, my mum's friend's house mm-hmm. um, and she was, I think, I don't know what, what did she say? I went to my mum's friend's house and she basically was very insistent that I above all else I must serve my husband immediately food mm-hmm. if he does if I don't then I've failed as a wife mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff so I, I found that really interesting in you know just I guess the role of a of a woman as a wife and how like literally it is to 
completely serve mm-hmm. uh, the man. Um, so it was it was interesting. It was interesting um, in in that sense, and I feel like that's that's prevalent across. Maybe that's a sweeping statement, but from what I've seen, other cultures um, on the continent, um, you know, the idea of a man being mm. served in that way is. Mm. And I think it's also interesting that that's the element of culture sometimes that people really hold on to because I'm sure mm. there are other elements of culture that you could transplant across but like sometimes the thing that's really enforced is the thing that can be quite patriarchal but Mm. by the same token I'm sure there um, Zimbabwe men out there who are very respectful of women and do things differently Um, the final thing I was going to ask as well was thinking about Lobola and the fact that you you chose to have an actual Lobola ceremony was that like a pointed um, decision for you that you wanted to have a marriage that was kind of a Zimbabwean version as well as a traditional Western? Mm, I think my mum had a lot to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) But I was down for the idea of getting, like, some cows and stuff. (laughs) But that didn't really happen. It's a bit, you know, logistically, it's not easy to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think my mum had a lot to do with it. Um, And I think you know, with a Lobola, you can go crazy and mm. ask for ridiculous things, but it wasn't, it was less to do with getting stuff, but actually bringing, a bringing together of the families mm. um, and just a respect of like, you know, this is, this is where we've come from. This is where my daughter's come from. She's not like, she's not just some like easy piece for you to like mm-hmm. get. You mm. actually have to go through a process and you may feel like you need to sweat, mm-hmm. but you need to do it. Mm. Um, and I think my husband at first was a bit like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> but he actually respects it. And he's he's like, you know what? Listen, anyone who wants to marry my daughters is going to... Drop a couple cows. <laughs> <laughs> and this time I'm going to insist on like a cow. <laughs> I could do, you know... If you... If you fresh milk couple, in the couple morning. of chickens yeah, as well, yeah. you know? Goats. Yeah. So... Brilliant. Thank you very much for being involved. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Sakai.